I had my business for two years before I actually wrote a business plan. And then I didn't look at it. I only wrote it because I thought that's what I need to do. Your business is your business. And so you have to do it your way. And so far, it's worked for me. And the stuff that hasn't worked, I've learned from. So it's all great. There are no failures. I remember reading somewhere about you can't run a business without failing. And I thought, oh my God, I don't want to fail. I don't want to do that. But when I look back, of course, what you do is you fail upwards. Hello, and welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. On today's episode, I'm chatting to Karen Arthur, who's a broadcaster, founder, and menopause campaigner. Karen has been featured in Vogue, The Guardian, Times Radio, and BBC London Radio, as well as BBC Breakfast, Channel 4's Sex, Myths, and the Menopause with Davina McCall, and Sky Arts Statues Redressed. And now, the Audience Growth Podcast. Before we hear from Karen today, though, I need to tell you about Adventures in Marketing. It's a full day in-person event with an amazing array of professional speakers with interesting stories and super useful advice to share that's going to get you fired up and inspired to tackle your marketing and business growth this year. There are also mastermind sessions over lunch, so it's not going to be one of those events where you leave with a notebook full of notes and good intentions and forget to look at it ever again. We are going to be actioning so that you get results immediately. Head over to adventuresinmarketing.uk to snap up one of the final tickets. Now, on with today's episode, and I'm really happy because today's guest is such a great personality. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you. So it's very rare that I actually do a podcast interview with somebody who I have never met, but we haven't met yet, have we? No, but we are so looking forward. I've got a big cuddle coming for you, Nikki. Amazing, amazing. So for anybody listening, Karen Arthur is going to be speaking at Adventures in Marketing in Edinburgh in just a few short weeks from now. Karen, because we haven't met... Can you explain how you've ended up speaking at this event in Edinburgh? <laughs> no, I can't, Nikki, actually. <laughs> how did it happen? Uh, I do, don't know what is happening. So, Abby, who is your co-host is. and co-founder and fellow Walker's human. Fabulous, Abby. <laughs> we met, oh God, 18 months ago at a marketing event in Newcastle. And we bonded over the fact that she was wearing bright colours and I was wearing bright colours. And she had these amazing yellow trousers with frilly pockets. (laughs) I know those trousers. (laughs) And anyway, that is not the point. The point is that I was one of the speakers there. And so I was talking about being authentic and being your true self on social media and how your vulnerability is your strength. And I told a bit of my story. So yeah, that's how we met. And then I guess a year later, she thought, oh, I know who'd be a good speaker bonkers and also she wants a cuddle from me too I know what's going on it's fine it's nothing <laughs> so I've reeled off in the intro a list of many different things that you do places you've been featured but I know that there's so much more to you so could you introduce yourself to our listeners please Karen okay so my name is Karen Arthur I am an ex-teacher former fashion designer now, a former model, I suppose. I mean, I was modelling. I don't know whether it's former yet. Um, who knows where my life is taking me? I am now fully owning that I'm a broadcaster. I am the founder, host, creator of a podcast called Menopause Whilst Black, which is committed to diversifying the menopause space 
and by sharing the stories of black people primarily based in the UK who are experiencing menopause or perimenopause. So that's my thing. I also host a radio show, which is every two weeks on Gold Dust Radio called Can We Talk, where I get to talk about anything, which is a bit bonkers. But at this current moment in time, I'm interviewing men about menopause because I think they need to get involved with this conversation. What else? I lived in London for 36 years. And then 18 months ago, I was like, yeah, I don't like it here anymore. So I sold my house and I've moved to the coast in a tiny little place called St. Leonard's on Sea, which is next to Hastings. Did that come off the back of lockdown? Kind of. But really, during lockdown, I spent a lot of time on Right Move Barbados because my parents are from Barbados. And I host a retreat called the Joy Retreat Barbados, which is for black people who experience in menopause. And I hosted the first one in May 2023. So I was thinking, oh, I'll go and live in Barbados. I thought, if we're going to keep going in and out of a global pandemic every five years, spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> and then I, you know, had a lie down and I thought, you know what? The reality is I've fallen out of love with London. I enjoy it more popping in than living there. Everybody seemed a bit miserable, if I'm honest. Strangers, not my mates. Mm. And so I started to look and I started to do my research what was affordable. I wanted to be near the sea. Fun fact, when I first left teaching, I had read the book by Jen Sincero called You're a Badass at Making Money. Mm. Just started my bespoke fashion business. Didn't know what I was doing. Rarely do, but just, you know, moving towards the stuff that I love. And one of the things was to imagine yourself in five years time. Well, it took me a bit longer, but one of the things I wrote about was living by the sea and being able to see the sea. And here I am. So I do a lot of stuff. But also, I mean, I'm owning the term broadcaster. I don't like to put myself in a box. I've done a lot of things. I plan to do a lot more things. I move towards the stuff that feels right in my heart and in my soul. If it's icky, I'm not really going to do it. And certainly my word of the year Last year, 2023, was ease. And if it wasn't easeful, come to me easily or that kind of thing, it wasn't for me. And so I say yes with my chest. And if it doesn't work, I've learned something and I don't have to do it again. <laughs> and has it taken some practice to get to this point? Of course. It's taken some practice. It's taken a whole entire illness, anxiety and depression, a breakdown, therapy, meditation, yoga, introspection, silence, experience. It's taken a lot. And in fact, I didn't realise I was doing it until I turned around and I was like, oh, I'm doing it. What I mean by that is the Karen who's speaking to you today isn't the Karen of five years ago, isn't the Karen of 10 years ago. I was loud and I was out, you know, and, and spoke a lot, but I wasn't my true self. I was kind of saying what I thought other people wanted me to say in my relationship, at work, every bloody where, really. And with retrospect, I hit perimenopause. And that was my reckoning. That was the first part of my, I don't like my life. Let me get out of this relationship. It was a 20 year relationship and a, a mentally abusive one. And I just woke up one day and thought, I'm not doing this anymore. And also I have two daughters. And I didn't want them to grow up thinking that the relationship I had with their father was normal because it wasn't. That's not how I want my children to grow up and be treated by their partners or anybody else. So I left that. And now I realise I was 44 and that was perimenopause. And then I 
threw myself into work. I was head of house in a boys' school. Very good at my job, if I do say so myself. God, I bet you were fun. I bet you were a fun head of house. <laughs> I was fun. I am, yeah. I mean, I was strict, but I think people like to know where they stand and the kids knew where they stood with me. And once I'd got them, you know, where I wanted them, then I could be fun. <laughs> you know? And then the second part to that was when both my girls went to uni and I had the house to myself. And I thought, this will be great. I'll know where all my clothes are and on the tops will stay on things and there won't be washing up in the sink. And after about two days, I absolutely hated because I didn't have a focal point. And so I had to look at my life and I didn't like it. Did they both leave at the same time? Well, one went back to uni. She'd been doing an internship and the other one went for the first year, basically. But I didn't know what to do with it. I thought I was trapped. I had a big mortgage. I like nice things. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think I had a choice. And I think the game, well, there's lots of game changers for me. I like that phrase, don't I? The thing that has changed for me is that when you're an adult and you realise you have choices, we think we don't have choices. We think we've been backed into a corner. I can't leave my partner because how will I cope? You know, I hate being with them, but what will I do if I don't? You know, I can't leave that job because how will I pay my rent or my mortgage? I can't say no to that person because I always do that thing that I hate doing. So I may as well carry on. But we're big people, you know. We have choices. If I decide to get up and have cake for breakfast, I can. I don't advise it, (laughs) but I can. If I say I'm going to do something and then, you know, I think actually this isn't working for me, I'm allowed to change my mind. If somebody invites me to a party and I think actually, I want to sit in and watch episode 24 of Scrubs, season 10. (laughs) You know, that may have happened recently. Um, (laughs) I can. I think that as adults, we think we are placed in boxes and we become comfortably uncomfortable in them. And so we stay put, even though we're very, very unhappy, you know. Mm. And I feel Mm. that once I turned the gaze on myself for the first time in my five decades of being on the planet. I was around, I was 52. My world opened up. Don't get me wrong, it got worse before it got better. (laughs) You know, I'm laughing, but it was a bit of a, you know, shit show. But (laughs) I put one foot in front of the other. I rediscovered a love of clothing. I started to dress for me. I started to talk about where you're happy, which is the link between making conscious clothing choices to lift your mood. I decided that, you know, I could afford to go to therapy, which I think everybody should have free. I'd spent years knowing I should probably, you know, do so, but not doing it because I could always find something else to do with my money. And it's usually spending it on your kids, isn't it? You know, or spending it on your loved ones or your mom or whatever. And for the first time in my life, I was able to turn around and go, okay, I want to live for a good 40, 50 years. How am I going to curate the rest of my life doing only the things I love? And for the past nine years, that's what I've done. Bloody brilliant. God, I love it. I feel honestly absolutely honoured now that (laughs) having heard all of that, that you are coming up to Edinburgh because it's a bit of a trek, isn't it? It's a trek. It's cold. (laughs) Don't think that hasn't escaped my notice. Might be a bit wet too. (laughs) But it is my, again, my love of Abbey. I'm not going to lie. My love of Abbey. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I love that you guys are, you know, two women just deciding, you know what, this is what's needed. 
And what's funny <laughs> about this, you know, it's called Adventures in Marketing. I have this narrative in my head that I don't know the first thing about Martin, which marketing, I don't know who Martin is. <laughs> don't know anything about him. <laughs> which is absolutely not true. I have a story to tell and I know that the way I show up now and the way that my following, if you want to call it platform, has grown and the plans I have for it, you know, now that I have surrounded myself with a team, my daughter's on board, my editor's on board, moving the podcast to YouTube, starting the radio show, I got shit to do. I got shit to do. (laughs) And so in a sense, that is, I have been marketing myself. It's just I thought I was doing it accidentally. You know? Mm. Yeah, I love what you're doing. I think it's a great idea. I want to be part of it. I know it's going to get bigger and louder and more fun. And yeah. (laughs) And you're ready for the adventure. (laughs) I'm absolutely ready. 100%. Excellent. And what about Edinburgh? Have you been before? Oh, God. I have a story. Probably not for now, but yes. (laughs) It was a girl's trip and there was rum involved on a train at 8.30 in the morning. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. There's actually a very good rum distillery just outside Edinburgh that I may have partaken <laughs> some of their product over Christmas. Very good. <laughs> Not at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about this marketing adventure that you're on. How did it all start? How did you start building this platform for yourself? When Instagram started, my first post on Instagram specifically was 2013 and I put up a picture. It was in the days when people posted their lunch. Mm. (laughs) Their coffees. (laughs) And there were no hashtags. And it was just about posting pictures. And I loved that. I was on Twitter before and I was fairly active on Twitter. I had a private account because I was a teacher and I didn't want the little boys following me, bless them. And then when I stopped teaching, I, you know, made it public and also, I'd started talking about where you're happy and grief because my Aunt Monica had passed away. And I was just ramblings, really, my little mind into the abyss, really. And then Instagram started and I moved across to there. I liked the visual aspect of it and it lent itself more to what I was doing, which was at the time making bags out of African print and Ankara fabric to sell. And then I moved, as I say, to becoming a fashion designer. I made bespoke clothes for women. And so the visual aspect appealed to me. I found, and I still find marketing icky, full disclosure, guys. I don't like selling. I mean, there are people who like doing that because it feels like turning up and going, love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. But I found, particularly when I moved through anxiety and through depression, we're talking 2015 now, 2016, 2017. stepped into my true self, which is such a wanky phrase, my God, Karen. <laughs> but it's, honestly, I did. Um, I found that I began to care less and less about what people thought. Don't get me wrong, I want people to love my stuff. I want people to love what I'm saying. I like likes too. But I let go of the feeling that I have to go viral or I, you know, people have to say something. I just post what I have to talk about. And I'm lucky that people actually listen to me. (laughs) So on Instagram, I have two accounts. I've got my The Karen Arthur account, which is me talking about whatever I want to talk about. Currently genocide and, you know, Palestine and Sudan and Congo and world affairs, but also about fashion and mental wellbeing, whatever I feel like talking about. And then Menopause Whilst Black promotes the podcast. 
and the radio show, Can We Talk, which is much more focused on that. And both of them have, you know, pretty healthy followings. And I just talk. And was it with the Karen Arthur one? I'm assuming the podcast one was started specifically when you started the podcast yeah 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 so with your the Karen Arthur account is it the same account that you started off with your clothes and no different so you closed them down and started yeah from I had a brand yeah. called Redskin UK and I kind of outgrew how I felt about that name I think I was hiding behind the name as well okay and then I worked with a financial coach actually for three months and she suggested that I change it to my actual name and my actual name, someone else has that account, Karen.Arthur. And I was upset, let me tell you. And then I thought, I'm putting the in front. And now people actually call me the Karen Arthur or the Karen, which I am not averse to because I am. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, yeah. And once I started doing that, it was, you know what? It was like opening a portal. It was like, you know what? This is me. I can do what I like. And it kind of works. And every now and then I fall out of love with Instagram. You know, it's it's hard work. Yeah. And it can take its toll sometimes. Mm -hmm. I know there's someone called the FOMO creator who's going to be talking <laughs> at your event. But certainly I get FOMO and I get comparison is an absolute bitch. <laughs> you know, that whole kind of, well, they've got a book deal and they've sold mm. 20,000 copies of something or they've made this mm. and or they're skinnier than me or whatever. But as I've aged and gradually added my cloak of not giving bucks, you know, and shed that feeling, I can dip in and out. Yeah. And so I literally only post when I've got something to say. And some days I've got loads to say. I'm always on stories. I can go for days and not post anything on the grid. And I, I'm cool with that, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're on your own marketing adventure. You don't have to follow anyone else's rules. I literally am. I am. The business world is very noisy and the coaching world, to be fair. For sure. And everybody has an opinion and it's their way. And if you get sucked into that whole, I need to do it this way, which is what I did when I first left teaching, when I first started my business. I thought, oh my God, I have to do business a certain way. I think it's what we all do when we start. I had my business for two years before I actually wrote a business plan. And then I didn't look at it. I only wrote it because I thought that's what I need to do. Your business is your business. And so you have to do it your way. And so far, it's worked for me. And the stuff that hasn't worked, I've learned from. So it's all great. There are no failures. I remember reading somewhere about you can't run a business without failing. And I thought, oh my God, I don't want to fail. I don't want to do that. But when I look back, of course, what you do is you fail upwards, you know? So yeah. And is this the kind of thing that attendees at Adventures in Marketing can look forward to hearing you talk about or what can they expect from you on the day? I love that you think I know. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, let me know how that works out for you. Yes, absolutely. The problem is, is that I have an opinion on lots of things, isn't it? But mostly it's about recognising that you have choices, recognising that it's never too late to do the thing that you want to do, recognising that your vulnerability is your strength. And, when, and that I found my experience is that the, the stuff I'm most scared about posting is the stuff I need to talk about because oh, yes. often we come from a place of shame. There's lots of backstories to why we do what we do and why we feel the way we feel about exposing ourselves. You know, it's like, I don't know, flashing at the world, you know? <laughs> and magnificent as these are, 
I don't want to do that on a regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) This is reminding me, honestly, we had a conversation in our house last night about why should the dog be allowed to flash people all day and nobody else is. (laughs) Right. I'm going to say another wanky phrase. Owning your power, letting go of the feeling of uh, scarcity. There's room for everybody. You will find the people who need to find you. You just need to keep at it and try to be your true self every time. And if it doesn't feel right, bun it. Do something else. You know, you can you can change tack. You can take advice from other people. I just feel that there are so many rules and there are people who will listen to me. I mean, um, I think they'll all come back with a smile on their face, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to take a blind bit of notice in terms of for their business. But the people who need to hear my message, it will stick, you know? I've got a friend coming who I know you have to meet her. She's amazing. I'm going to give her a shout out. Inga, I know that she is just going to fall in love with you and everything that you stand for. I can't wait to introduce you. (laughs) (laughs) So have you crossed paths with anybody else who is speaking at the event or anyone else that you know who's coming other than Abby so far? No. No. Lots of new friends to be made. I mean, I looked at the roster and, you know, other than getting massive imposter syndrome, Oh, um, I was like, no, and and th- this—that's what I love about it, though. I love yeah. that it's new. I love it's something I haven't necessarily done a lot of. You know, I love that there'll be new people to learn from. I have stuff I want to market, so I know I'm going to learn something. It's a win-win situation. Excellent. I'm so looking forward to it. After adventures in marketing, what else have you got lined up that you're excited about work-wise this year? Well, this is the thing. I'm involved in an exhibition called Playing the Race Card down here in St. Leonard's, an art exhibition, and I'm creating a beautiful textiles art piece to be exhibited with that exhibition. Incredible. I am going to start planning for the Joy Retreat Barbados 2025, so I'm excited to do that. There are lots of other things, but I, oh, can I tell you that? There's a little something in the pipeline I'm not sure I can talk about, (laughs) but it involves writing. So that's good. But you know what? I am just open to living my life in the best way that works for me and also does no harm. I have some holidays booked. I've just booked my first adventure with me and my grandson in August. We're off to Helsinki. I'm very excited about that. Oh, lovely. How old is he? He's four. He's all the delights that four comes with. Oh, (laughs) that'll be such a great trip. Absolutely. So yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to those kind of things. And we'll see what else comes from that, from life. Brilliant. I really think that I could take a leaf out of your book, Karen, about chilling the fuck out. And just letting things happen. (laughs) I hope you have a serious break booked immediately after this, because I know this is one hell of a ride. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're right. It is a lot. And I keep saying to myself, I must book in a break and I haven't done it yet. So thanks for the reminder. Do it, please. Please do. Yeah, it's, it's exciting times. Definitely. Really looking forward to meeting you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and for all your great chat. And... <laughs> The best place for people to follow you right now is... Right now, head over to Instagram. I'm the Karen Arthur or Menopause Whilst Black. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm there. I mean, I'm on Facebook. 
I'm not on Twitter and LinkedIn gives me hives. So Instagram all the way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I love a straightforward call to action. <laughs> yeah, and we'll wonder. see you in Edinburgh. Yes! <laughs> Woohoo! My goal. <laughs> Thanks again, Karen. All right, my darling. See you soon. I hope this episode with Karen has opened your eyes to perhaps some new opportunities and ways you might want to work. Make sure you book your ticket to hear Karen speak in person and get one of her famous hugs, perhaps, at Adventures in Marketing on the 8th of February in Edinburgh. I'll also be back with another podcast episode very soon. Until then, have a great day and do join us at Adventures in Marketing. It's going to be epic and you can be part of it just like Karen. Grab your ticket now at adventuresinmarketing.uk. Until I see you, take care and keep marketing.